talked about uh, the concept of we can all prophesy. And everybody here last week, you remember looking at your neighbor saying, I can prophesy. Hopefully you've been getting a chance to start to do that this week and been seeing fruit come out in people's lives as you've been opening your mouth. Uh, I had a few more thoughts about that this morning. These, I didn't want to call them uh, leftovers, but I had extra thoughts from last week that I wanted to, to add on to what I talked. Yeah, this could be dessert. Last week was the main course. This is dessert, the, the extra thoughts. But uh, I had a few more thoughts that I wanted to touch about that this morning. I'm not going to go back and relay all the groundwork from last week, but when I was talking about releasing the Word of God into people's lives, uh, we are talking about both the written Word that is in Scripture and just coming into agreement, just opening your mouth and letting God fill it when you talk to people. Uh, we, we said last week that the Bible is the perfect Word of God. He will never violate any principle or letter that's in this book, but all of His words are not contained in this book. It says if, if everything that Jesus had done had been written down, all the books in the world couldn't contain it. That's what John said. I don't think the author of language confined himself to just the words that are in this book, but he will never violate this book. So that's, that's kind of where we were coming from. If you want to go back and listen to last week's uh, message, it would be helpful. Uh, but we're talking about the written word and us as Christians, Holy Spirit indwelt believers, opening our mouths and believing that God speaks through our words. Um, as I was thinking about this week, I was thinking about there really is a need for us to open our mouths. Uh, if you turn to Amos chapter 8, uh, I'll look at a couple verses there and, and we'll use that as our launching point. Amos chapter 8, uh, verse 11 says this, The days are coming, declares the Sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Now, in that passage, God's telling them that not hearing God's voice is worse than a natural famine. As, as bad as it is to be without food or without water, not hearing His voice is worse. And think about this from Israel's perspective. When Amos was speaking this word to them, they were a nation that every national decision, every direction they took, where they lived, who they went up to battle against, every decision they made was based on tangible encounters with God where they would go to the high priest he would hear God's voice he would meet with him in the tent of meeting in the tabernacle in the temple later and he would tell Israel this is what we're supposed to do because this is what God has said so the Lord is prophesying there's going to come a time when you won't be able to do that you'll want to hear my voice you'll look for it you'll search for it but it won't be found think about how crippling that would be to a nation that was used to every decision we've ever made, every step we've ever taken has been because we've heard the voice of the Lord. So this was serious. Uh, now, we know that this prophecy that Amos gave, this was literally fulfilled about 300 years later when the prophet Malachi was on the scene. Uh, Malachi was the last book of the Old Testament. When he got done giving his message, there was a famine of the word of the Lord. God, God's word was not heard in Israel for about the next 400 years. So we know that this literally came to pass in uh, after Amos spoke it when Malachi came on the scene. Uh, Malachi's message, when he came on the scene, it was essentially, you're bringing me insincere worship. 
You've, you've turned a relationship with me into an obligation. Uh, you've taken what was supposed to be life and you've made it work. You have no regard for my words. So that, that was what was going on in Malachi's day. And it finally got to the point where God said, because you've done these things, there is no longer going to be the voice of the Lord heard in the land. And it was absent from Israel for about 400 years. During that time, uh, the nation lost its freedom. You know, we, they, they were uh, subjected to the Roman rule by the time Jesus came on the scene. Uh, they got to a place in Israel where hypocrisy was the norm rather than the exception. They had gotten to a place where we are just going through the motions because we've not heard God speak in our life for so long. And it got to the point where uh, in Matthew, Jesus told them, he says, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Jesus told them, you would rather hang on to what makes you comfortable, your traditions, what you're used to, than actually hear my voice speaking to you anymore. That is a pretty serious indictment to come to a group of people and say, you'd rather just do what you're used to than hear my life-giving voice and do what my words say. He says, uh, I, he told them Isaiah was right, you're, you're honoring me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. When your heart's far from him, you have difficulty hearing him. And this is, an, this is an amazing thing to think about, that as believers, where does Jesus live? We, we tell the little kids this in kids' church, we invite Jesus to come live in our heart. He dwells inside of us, yet you can still go through life in a place where even with God dwelling inside of you, your heart is far from Him. Your desires for Him, your emotions, your connection with Him is so far removed from the, the truth of the matter is he is in you he is in you he, your heart is not there is no distance between him he fully and completely resides in you but you can operate your life in such a way that it looks like you're far from him or you you've wandered away and you're not hearing his voice if we're not hearing his voice how could we speak and end the famine of the word of god in somebody else's life if if we're not hearing him speak ourselves it, it is it is a vicious cycle, you know. When when you're not hearing the Lord's voice, uh, you begin to see hypocrisy, and you begin to do things out of obligation instead of a relationship. And then when you do those things, you, you get obligation, you get hypocrisy. It makes your heart drift further away. Then the further away you get, the harder it is to hear. The more you get hypocrisy and obligation, and it's like you can't get out of it. There's this cycle that begins to take hold in our lives where the voice of the Lord is not heard and not directing our steps anymore. Now, I will say there, there is a balance in this. Because sometimes, uh, if you're not hearing anything new, you need to continue to do the last thing God told you. you know, we need to do the things that are right because we know they're right. We've seen them. We don't need, uh, we don't need, we shouldn't need. Let me say that. We shouldn't need a fresh word every week to say, hey, I need to go fellowship with brothers and sisters. <laughs> I, I need to be in church and be connected and begin to be built up. You know, I should not have to call you on Sunday morning and say, the word of the Lord to you this week is get out of bed and come to church. We, there are things that we should be doing because we know they're right and we don't need a fresh word every week to, to reaffirm that. But we have to be careful to guard our relationship. 
that we are not doing those things out of obligation, but we're doing them because they're giving us life and we're connected to the Lord and we hear His voice. Does that make sense? Okay. So uh, Malachi really dealt with insincerity. And when he spoke his message, when when the book of Malachi was closed, they didn't hear the word of the Lord again for 400 years until John the Baptist and Jesus came walking on the scene. Now, how this relates to us is, is spiritually, there are still people living in that place of not hearing the word of the Lord. There, yeah. there are people yes. in our lives that we know, people in our workplace, people that we go to school with, people in our family, that they are dwelling in a place of famine of the word of the Lord. Have you ever experienced feeling weak as, as Malachi said they're staggering around they're wandering east and west they're going to and fro have you ever actually been so hungry that you were physically weak that you're like man I, I can't get up I can't do this I'm lightheaded I feel like I'm going to pass out you know some people get in that place like physically I'm lightheaded I'm going to pass out I don't know what's that and they don't know it's because you need to eat something did you, ever, did you ever get in that spot yourself or you know somebody like that? Like you're looking at them and you're like, you need to have a granola bar or just, you know, put something in your stomach, eat something and you'll feel better. Do you know there are many people that are going through life and they may not even realize they're hungry. They are weak in their lives. They're staggering around. They don't know why nothing will work for them. They don't know why am I not seeing good fruit in my life? Why am I not seeing victory? Why do I keep going around this mountain? Well, the answer is because you're hungry. You're living in a land of famine where you're not hearing the word of the Lord. You know, a lot of a lot of health problems in the natural are poor nutrition, right? People aren't eating right. Well, a lot of people's problems in their lives spiritually, why they, they got turmoil in their emotions, they don't have peace in their life, things aren't going well. A lot of it spiritually is poor nutrition. You are not hearing the voice of the Lord, which, what, what did Jesus tell his disciples that he equated the word of God to bread? He, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by the words that come from God. They are food to us. That's why God equates it to there's going to be a famine of the word of the Lord. I thought it's interesting. uh, Amos actually says there, men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east. I thought, you know, I know a lot of people that are staggering from sea to sea because I was reminded where it talks about uh, people being double-minded and unsteady like the waves of the sea. Did you ever meet somebody that they just stagger back and forth? They, they got no opinion. They, you can't nail them down on anything. They, they believe one way one day, and then somebody can come along and, and sway them to the other opinion the very next day. Do you know that's, that's because they're double-minded? Because they're not hearing the voice of the Lord in their life. They, they are not being fed and nourished and coming out of that condition. And, and I think it's true, whether people admit it or not, there's, there is a deep longing in people to be fed, to hear the voice of the Lord. They, they may be in a place where they don't recognize that. They're not coming into agreement with it. But that is true in everyone's life. We need to hear the word of the Lord. They're, they're starving because they're not eating the bread of life. And uh, I was just thinking this morning, even as, as we were praying about forgiveness and, and different relationships that God was bringing to our mind, I think one of our prayers ought to be, Lord, show us people that are hungry. Show us people that are starving. 
Show us people that are walking in a land of famine that, that I could actually open my mouth and release God's word to them and it would become life to them. So this morning as I was thinking about it, what causes a famine of the Lord's voice? Or more specifically, what causes a famine of hearing the voice of the Lord? Because I am convinced that it is not a matter of whether or not God speaks. I, I Even though the Israelites were not hearing his voice for 400 years, I don't think God stopped talking. Right. I, I don't think he shut his mouth, but there was a famine of hearing the voice of the Lord. There, there was a, a refusal in some cases by the Israelites to actually hear, or people weren't opening their mouths. Whatever the case may be, uh, there is a famine of hearing the voice of the Lord, and what causes that? And as I was thinking about it, this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but these are just some of the things that popped into my head. A famine of hearing the Lord's voice comes from not valuing what he's already spoken. That, that is one of the causes. Did you ever get a word from God and you either didn't like it? Can we be honest? Anybody ever, anybody ever hear somebody speak? They're like, hey, I think I got a word for you. And, or even maybe the prophet. You know, we have a prophet in sometime and he comes and gives you a word and you're like, I didn't like that. That doesn't sit right with me. We, either they didn't like it or we think, man, I'm, that wasn't what I wanted to hear, so I'm going to go you know, seek a word of the Lord from somewhere else. And then we wonder why God's not speaking again. Well, it's because he's already spoken to us. Or we put it on the shelf. How many of you know, you know sometimes words that we get from God, whether it's, whether it's we have our nose in the book and something comes alive to us, and I'm like, that's a word for me. Or somebody speaks to us and gives us a word. Either way, sometimes we just take those words and we put them on the shelf. We might even write them down in our notebook somewhere, but then we tuck them away, they get shoved in the back of the Bible, they get put on the shelf at home, and we don't look at them again. And then we wonder, why is there a famine of hearing the voice of the Lord in my life? Why, why am I not hearing Him speak? Well, it's, in some cases, it's because He's saying, what would you do with what I already spoke? How valuable, how important to, to you was the last thing I said? That got real tight. <laughs> and I am guilty of this sometimes. I mean, I'm not pointing any fingers by any means this morning. I got words that I've gotten over the course of my life that I know I need to go back from time to time and stir myself and remind myself and pray those things and, and build my faith up and say, God, what have you already spoken? How can I expect to hear anything else if I don't value what you've said to me already? That is, a, that is a good... Okay, women, shut yours for a moment. Guys, this is for you. Because this applies to your marriage also. How, you know, what is your number one complaint that wives seem to get? My husband, we never talk. They don't communicate. You've got to value the things that they say. Alright, that is completely separate, but... We've got to value the things that people say, and especially when it comes concerns the voice of the Lord in our lives. We have to say, this, this is life to me. This is important. I'm going to do something with what's been spoken in my life. Uh, another thing that I think causes a famine of hearing the Lord's voice is uh, no one is choosing to listen. Did you ever know that, that, that listening is a choice? 
we, we make that choice every day. When we, when we meet people, when we see people on the bus, when we see people at work, am I going to choose to listen to this person? Is what they have to say important? And we act the same way with God. Is, is my prayer time just taking my list, my checklist, and running through it and saying, take care of that, God, I'll see you later? Or am I choosing to listen? There, there is a big difference in those activities. So that will cause a famine of the voice of the Lord if we're not choosing to listen. Uh, I think another thing that causes a famine of the Lord's voice is listening but not recognizing that He's speaking. You know, sometimes we, we listen but we miss His voice. I'll, I'll give you one of the best examples of this is parents that have kids. How many of you know your kids can hear the voice of God and speak in your life? How many parents, it's ever been difficult to receive the voice of the Lord from your kids? Because you're thinking, I'm the parent here, and how could God possibly deal with me through the mouth of my child? Sometimes we are listening, but we're not recognizing when the voice comes into our lives. Uh, So those are three things that cause a famine of the Lord's voice that are really heart issues of people. That we need to pray We need to let the Holy Spirit work on their heart to address them and and to draw them and to work on them. We we can teach, we can encourage, we can do these things, but ultimately the Holy Spirit takes care of those issues. The other thing that causes a famine of the Lord's voice is this. No one speaks. No one opens their mouth and releases what God is saying. Now, those first three, we need to pray, oh, Holy Spirit, work on their heart. Help them to hear you. Help give them a desire to hear your voice. Help them to to want to hear you and to change. But the fourth thing there of no one is speaking is something we can do something about. That is is a cause of famine of the Lord's voice that we can address as God's people. Does that make any sense? Maybe I'm not making sense. If we open our mouths, it ends the famine of the Lord's voice in people's lives. If we release what God is saying into their lives. Some people really just need to have God's voice spoken to them. They, they are wandering around aimlessly, staggering back and forth, and they just need a believer. They just need somebody inspired by the Holy Spirit to come and begin to speak to them. To say, this is the way you should walk this way. This, let me encourage you to do this. Let me help you. Let me come alongside you and raise you up. Romans 10 reminds us of this. Uh, chapter 10 and verse 14 of Romans says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without what? Without someone preaching to them. And how can they preach unless they are sent? For it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. People can't hear God's voice if somebody's not speaking it to them. If somebody's not preaching. If somebody is not opening their mouth and releasing what God has said. Now, we get all anxious about that verse because it says, how can they believe unless uh, they preach to them? And we think, oh, I'm not a preacher. I'm not the pastor. I don't have a title. That word preacher in that context simply means someone that opens their mouth and declares good news. It is not talking about a a five-fold ministry gift. It's not talking about the office of pastor. It's talking about willing vessels that will open their mouth and release the good news that God's placed inside of us. So here is 
uh, one thing I want to say to you this morning. It says, how can somebody preach unless they are sent? Right? You're all sent this morning. This, this is your sending. I'm, I'm commissioning you. Go and open your mouth. Let the voice of the Lord be heard in people's lives. We don't have to wait for someone to come and get us out of bed at home and say, the God's got a call on your life now. I'm sending you to go preach. Go into the workplace today. You're sent. It's, it's already done. If you ever have a question, write it in your notebook this morning. Flip back to this page and look at it and say, oh, pastor said I'm sent. I can open my mouth and speak to people, release God's voice into their lives because they're starving and they need to hear it. You're all sent this morning. And, you know, again, we touched on it a little bit last week. Trust that God will fill your mouth when you open it. When we're obedient, when we choose, hey, I'm going to open my mouth in this situation, God will come and give you the words to say. And we sit there and we think, but, but what if I mess it up? I, you know, what if, what if I can't remember the verse I wanted to use? Or what if you love people, it's okay. Just open your mouth and begin to speak and God will fill it. You know that God is, is actually pretty big. <laughs> Has anybody ever experienced this? God is really big and he's actually bigger than any mess you could possibly Thank cause you, in someone's life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That ought to be good news. If you're motivated by love and you open your mouth, trust me, God's going to take care of it. It doesn't matter how it comes out. You trip over your words. You get confused. You go home and you think, man, I really made a fool out of myself today. I don't know if they understood a word I said. I don't know if they were encouraged. I think I'm a failure. No, you're sent. Just open your mouth and God will fill it. And you don't have to worry about messing it up. Watch this verse. Proverbs 27, 7 says, He who is full loathes honey, but watch this, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Even what is bitter tastes sweet. People are so desperate and starving that you just need to open your mouth. Even if you don't get it exactly right, even if you think you messed it up, even if... Oh, you know, that, that verse, I look at that and I think that is how even the, the hellfire and brimstone religious work salvation people still get results sometimes. Because when you're so hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. There are people that are so starving in our world today to hear the voice of the, God, the, voice of the Lord. They don't even look at it sometimes of, oh, was this delivered in love or are they beating me up with legalism? It's just like, man, I'm so desperate that even what is bitter tastes sweet to me. Just open our mouths. That's all we got to do. And let me tell you, this is what really comes out of your mouth. When you make that choice, man, I love this person. I'm going to begin to encourage them. This is what really comes out of your mouth. Uh, watch what Jesus told his disciples in John 6. Uh, John six sixty three. it says, The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. We are Jesus' body, right? We, we always say this, who are his hands and feet in the earth? Well, we're, we're quick to volunteer for that one. We are, you know, we, we feed the poor, we clothe the naked, we're his hands and feet. You know, if it's going to get done, it's going to be by his body. Well, who is his mouth? 
we're not so quick to own up to that one sometimes because of what we think about. What if I mess it up? What if I don't say it exactly like God wants to say it? But we are his body. We are his voice in the earth today. When you speak, you have the capacity because the Holy Spirit lives in you for your words to be spirit and life to people, for something to awaken in them that says, whoa, I'm, I'm hearing something I've never heard before. It's touching a place in me that's, that's never been awoken. I'm having my hunger satisfied because I'm hearing the voice of God. The same words. The same words that released life into a lump of clay in the Garden of Eden. The breath that came. He's still breathing it into the earth today through His people. And when it hits dead lumps of clay please don't go tell your coworker or your neighbor you're just a dead lump of clay i'm going to speak the word of god to you <laughs> they might take that the wrong way but god will still take care of it because he's bigger than any mess you could make but there are dead lumps of clay walking around among us and when we open our mouth we release words that breathe life the same way that adam became a living being that life can be awakened in people and they can realize wow there's there's spirit on them. they now come on they're they're not sitting there in their capacity to understand saying oh that was spirit and life that just hit me i am feeling invigorated by the holy spirit of god but they know something is different they know something was awakened them when you begin to speak to their destiny when you begin to call forth what god has placed inside of them something comes alive in them so then, uh, in that passage, Jesus went on, you know, that was the famous, eat my flesh, drink my blood, and the whole crowd went away, and Jesus turned to his disciples and said, are you going to leave too? You know, the whole mass is walking away, and instead of trying to call the crowds back, Jesus turns around even to the twelve and says, so you guys going to take off too? You know, you, you ready to pack it in? And what did Simon Peter say to him in, in verse 68? He says, Lord, to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life. The disciples recognized that when Jesus spoke, something awakened in them. There, there was something different that they hadn't felt before. They were saying to Jesus, you know, we've heard the chief priests talk. We've heard the religious leaders give their speeches and tell us how we should act. But when you talk, something different happens inside of us. Something that has never happened when I've sat under that teaching comes alive when you speak, Jesus. I will tell you, so many people are used to someone speaking to their old nature, to to telling them they're a failure, to telling them they don't measure up. You know, so many people are used to hearing those words that they've shut their ears. I don't know, it like builds up spiritual wax in their ears or something. They've heard it so many years speaking to the old man and speaking to negative possibilities and, and you're just, you're worthless. Sometimes it's hard for them to hear because they've heard that so long. And when you come in, the moment you come, just like the disciples had that encounter with Jesus. Wow, there's, there's spirit and truth on these words. That's what happens to people. It begins to open their ears. It begins to clean that wax out. When you begin to speak to the possibilities of the new creation, when you begin to speak into the gifts that God has placed inside of them, even as Pam shared last week, you know, her neighbor, our neighbor saying, oh, I I like to do this with people. And Pam telling her, that's a gift that God put in you. That awakens something that begins to clean their ears out and opens them to hear once again that there may no longer be a famine of the hearing of the word of the Lord because their ears begin to get cleaned out and somebody begins to speak to them. 
really do. We, we speak His words. I love, I love this one. I was reading uh, this book this week, and they had the Galatians 2.20 in there, which is a very famous verse. And, uh, you know, I, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Well, this is actually from a translation called the Distilled Bible. Uh, Galatians 2.20 says, I consider myself as having died, and now I am enjoying a second existence, which is simply Jesus using my body. Isn't that a great way to put it? He's, he's using my body, which includes my mouth. We need to open our mouth to end the famine of the hearing of the word of the Lord. Jesus will speak through us if we open our mouths. He wants to use your body. You're his hands, you're his feet, you're his mouth. You can speak his words if we choose to open it. That's, that is the requirement here. We choose to open our mouth. He will speak through it. And when you speak into people's lives like that, you can expect to see the same functions of what God's voice always does. The Word of God that, that comes and, and cleanses people, begins to change their thinking and renew their mind. Do you know that they may not get saved, but there is a change that happens in an unsaved person's mind the moment they begin to hear words of spirit and truth. The moment they begin to hear life spoken to them, there is a change that begins to come in their thinking. And it sets them... Uh, this is... The exciting part is it really does set them on the path to salvation. They, they still have to come to confronting that decision and making a choice, saying, yes, Jesus died for me on us, and I'm going to receive him. But it begins to do the process in their mind when you release the words of life. Uh, God is really good. <laughs> you know, it, it scares me sometimes because I'm thinking... Like, as the pastor, this is, I don't know how to say this without getting myself in trouble. That's why I walked away over here away from Pam. Um, you know, people that, that come to visit, or I can't vouch for every word that everybody in this room will say to somebody. It, you know, it's like, well, we, we may be generally on the same page because we're in the church together, but... Uh, you may say things to someone that I would never say or think, don't tell them you're from New Life Fellowship if you say that, please. I, I don't know. I, I can't vouch for that. And, and we're not that many in this room. Yet God, God of the universe that has a perfect plan and loves people so much, entrusted us, his people, to speak on his behalf. That is a scary thought to me. And, and if God is comfortable enough with that, you know, as, as a pastor, that gives me comfort. You know, if, if God is comfortable enough with releasing multitudes of, of untold millions and billions of people over the centuries to speak His Word into people's lives, i got to really be comfortable with just encouraging people, open your mouth. God will fill it. It's, you know, in the long run, I, I may care what you say. I, I may come alongside and, and, and help. We all need to grow, I think, in right. things that we say to people, right. how That's we right. listen, what we speak to them. But I have to be comfortable with just saying, open your mouth. Just begin to speak and release life into people. A couple uh, weeks ago, I, I posted a verse on Facebook that I really liked. It was Jeremiah twenty three twenty nine. It says, is, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. 
the, the fire and hammer verse. I guess as a guy, you like the fire and hammer verse. And I thought about that. And it, it really does come back to speaking into people's lives, believing that you are speaking God's word into their life, whether, whether it is the written word or it's just inspired by the written word or you're speaking hope and destiny to them. It's like a fire and a hammer. And sometimes that, that fire is, is like a nuclear bomb. Sometimes it just obliterates everything right away. It burns it all up, brings complete freedom, and, and makes everything awesome. Sometimes the word being like a fire is it's like letting it smolder, like lighting charcoal. You know, it's, it's not really, you don't see a whole lot, but it's smoldering. It's hot. It's, it's going to eventually cause everything to burn up, but you just continue to speak the word to it. Or, or it's like a hammer. Is sometimes you take a big sledgehammer and you, you hit something and it just it's in a million pieces, never going to be back together again. Sometimes it's like taking a little rock hammer and just begin to hit on something. You might not see any cha- changes at first, but it's, it's weakening that rock. It's going to begin to cause it to crack until change comes in that circumstance. That is what happens when we speak. We need to have an expectation that all I have to do is open my mouth, God will fill it, and I'm, I may see... Boom! Instantaneous results that are amazing. The Holy Spirit falls on that person. They get saved, healed, and delivered all in one shot. Or I may not see anything right away. Because honestly, that is a hard place to keep speaking into someone's life if you're not seeing anything right away. But you keep hitting it with the Word. You keep speaking spirit and life to them. You keep releasing the truth of God to them. And it's like a fire and a hammer. You will eventually see results. I want to I want to end with a couple thoughts this morning in Matthew 11:14 he told his disciples uh, Jesus said to them if you are willing to accept it he's talking about John the Baptist he says he is the Elijah who was to come he who has ears let him hear it's interesting the last thought of Malachi when when there was about to be a famine of hearing the word of the Lord for 400 years the last thing Malachi says is, I'm going to send the prophet Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the father. He's, that's the last thought in Malachi. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, John the Baptist was the Elijah that was to come. Jesus, in essence, he's declaring an end to the fast, to the famine of hearing the word of the Lord. He says that that 400-year period, the 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 woe that you've been experiencing, the, the, the misery of not hearing the audible voice of God to direct our nation and to give hope and to give life. He says that's come to an end because Elijah has come. John the Baptist has come on the scene. And that is part of our job as the people of God is to make sure people know there is an end to the famine of hearing the voice of the Lord. It's, it's no longer shut up. It's, you can, it's, people don't have to be hard of hearing. There is an end to the famine of hearing the voice of the Lord. So here's what I want to do uh, this morning. Let's let's go ahead and stand for a moment. Sweet. Pam is going to get a song ready to play. Um, I like when Pam interjects. It always makes it better. Everybody say things go better with Pam. (laughs) 
I, I, I feel like I really want us to take to heart this morning that sending that, that God has sent us. That we are equipped and able to be preachers. Not, not with a big title, not something that you had to go to school for, but preachers in the, in the essence of that passage. That it's just people that will open their mouth and declare good news. We, we are sent this morning. We are called to be ones that preach and release life to other people. And uh, so how I want to do that this morning is I'm, I think I want to open the altar. And uh, this, is, this is not for uh, a lot of boo-hooing and, and repenting and, and whatever uh, you normally think of when you think at the altar. But just to come stand up front, even as we play this last song, and just say, Lord, I received that sending this morning. I, I know that I am sent. I know that I have the ability to release your word. I know that I am able to speak. So that ought to be like a everybody come up at once altar call. Because I hope you're all on board with wanting to open your mouth. If you, if you don't want to open your mouth, we, we're at the wrong place, I guess. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the altar's open. Just come on up front and... Uh, we're just going to say that we are sent, we are released to speak the word of the Lord into people's lives. All right, well, go ahead and play that song. This is a newer song by Toby Mack, and it's called Speak Life. So how appropriate this morning. We, we choose to receive the sending this morning to speak life to people, God. Thank you, Lord. And you guys can come in the middle, too. <laughs> There's big crowds on either side, but... Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for your people this morning. I thank you that we are sent. Thank you, Lord, that... Oh, Father, I just pray that you would remind us, even when we're out and about, show us people that are hungry. Show us people that are uh, reeling to and fro because they are famished, because they have not heard your voice in their lives. Show us those people, Lord God, and give us the ability, give us the grace, give us the capacity and the faith to open our mouth to release your life into people's lives. God, I thank you that there are people that uh, even as we go from this place, Lord, you're going to give us opportunities to just speak and to see the fruit of releasing your word into people's lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, don't make me sing this song on my own. I might get Silas up here to sing it with me. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. All right. While you're standing up here amongst yourselves, that's good. Just lay your hand on the person next to you and say, I thank you for my brother Mike that he sent. Only don't say brother Mike if you're praying for somebody who's not named Mike. Thank you for my brother Mike, Lord. I thank you that he's sent. Thank you that he's uh, filled by your Holy Spirit. Your Spirit lives inside of him. And that as he opens his mouth, your words are what comes out, Lord God. I thank you for his great love for people. I bless him, Lord God. I thank you. I speak to that, that gift that you placed inside of him, to his confidence, Lord. I stir his confidence this morning and encourage him that he is well able to open his mouth and to release life into people. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that he is full of your spirit, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Strengthen him. Strengthen him, Lord Jesus. Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. 
Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope you live or die. So speak life. 